Take Podcast with Brucey Chuff and Lush. Buonanotches, Signor Mule. <laughs> We're live, it's Tuesday night, this is Any Given Take. We're back in the studio, we're down a man. You asked, we listened, we got rid of him. Yeah. <laughs> so Russo's still recovering from his hot wings last week. Yeah. And he's Did a great job though, 15 he nailed. I still don't understand how that happened. How was your asshole the next day? Very, very, very hot. So you only did five? You did five? Five wings. And did you, was it just not good? Didn't feel comfortable? Not at all, man. Like, we said it a bit last week, but now that we've settled, like, I'm usually good with spice. You are. I was I was amazed that you didn't win that. I thought you had that in back. I didn't think Brucey had that in him. Neither did I. I honestly didn't. I, I thought, I didn't think I'd get 15. I thought that's a lot, and I didn't think any of us would. Mm. He just went head down. He up. just went, I didn't do this chip challenge that we did, and he's copped a bit of flack for it. And bang. the boys giving it to him, I and just, he's just watching, gone right. You see in the video, my first one takes 0.3 of a second, maybe. I just pull out two bones, and I'm like, yeah, I'm on a roll. And then it's just like, oh, took a bit of a breath. And I look over, Russo's like four deep. I was like, what the that fuck? That was literally what I did. I smashed the first one so quick, and then the burning. It wasn't hot, like a hot food burn. It was, I burnt my lips yeah, on something, agreed. like drinking agreed. a... That's what, uh, cup of tea yeah, like a I coffee agree. or something like that that's why those hot chips made it so much worse because they touched yeah. my lips I was like ah <laughs> but the next day the I, ice cream was a fucking godsend yeah I just buried my lips into it I was like fuck yeah. this but the next day I think after about the third gakina I was like okay cool, Brucey, cool Br- down a bit Brucey was struggling he was not having a good time it's not worth it anymore nah he was not good but my spice days are behind me yeah he's got two little ones down ill so we hope the little ones recover prayers up but so uh, I um before you got here tonight, I had a little sit down chat with Fremantle. You did, Docker's superstar Michael Frederick. How was that? Fantastic. Was That's going to be in the second half. Of this so tune in show. Second half of the episode, myself and Mister Frederick get down one on one, talk a bit of his life, a bit of footy. Do you guys have buddy buddy nicknames now? Don't know yet. I'll see if he replies to my message. Yeah. That was, uh, that seemed like a good. I caught the end of it. I just come in from the PCR uh, matchup announcements tonight, so they got given their shirts, and obviously Studio Twenty Two sponsoring the blue team. Go the Blues. Go the Blues. So what's the date? Uh, what's the date? Of- September third is fight night. There's I think only a couple of tables left. They've actually added more tables, so I think there's a few more to be sold. Huh? Where is, where is it's it? It's at Crown again, Crown Towers. So it's going to be an amazing night. Um, and then also entries have opened for the November 5th PCR. Uh, we're going back to back this year because obviously COVID prevented. Uh, the oh, wow, one. that's real close. Yeah, yeah, it's straight into it. I think we've got a week and a half off and then straight back into a new crop. So we're very excited, Studio 22, to be sponsoring the blue team. And uh, hopefully we get the job done on the night. Yeah, right. So we're going to have a another preview show. I we think. are. We've got Glenn and Nigel coming on, I think, the last week of August. So it'd be about the 26th, 27th of August. Sorry, no, Tuesday the 30th they'll be coming on. We'll be having a chat and we're going to try something new with those boys, I reckon. Yeah, it's been, this will be, what, the fourth time with them we, now? We love having them on. Always a good response. It's um, getting a bit stale though, boys, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's never stale. Glenn has so many stories. Nah, we'll, um, yeah, we'll see something, like, something similar like we did last year with some questions yeah. or maybe something yeah. from the teams they can do something, some challenge of some sort. And we have another challenge coming up for us. Uh-oh. So you've got to stay tuned to the Instagram page because it's going to be announced soon. We're going to do an activity. We're getting out of our comfort zone. So much room for activity. It's not a food activity. 
it's something physical. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, definitely, definitely, Losh probably gonna be out of his comfort zone <laughs> with this one. But uh, it should be a fun challenge. So we're gonna film it. The video is gonna be going up. Thanks for the response as well. The food challenge video has done very well. Got quite the number of views. And I hope it was very entertaining as well. So share it, show your friends. Actually, while we got you here, while you're listening, yeah. go on Spotify and just click the five stars. Just yeah. rate it because that helps. And exactly. we need a certain amount to be able to then start charting and doing things like that and to help growing it and for other people to see it. So it doesn't take long. We want to share this with everybody. It means nothing to you and a lot to us. So just Before we get cancelled <laughs> for something that we said in episode one. <laughs> Someone got cancelled. There's something I heard... Oh no! Have you? Did you what do you reckon of that video I showed you today about uh, Brennan Schaub and Brian Callen and all this shit that's going on with them at the moment? Brian Brennan Schaub's not funny, and I agree with that guy. But it's very much a hate piece, and I don't really like. People did you read the people. comments? Because uh, I I never do that, right? I said, "Fuck, I'm going to read some of these comments." So many people were sucking off this bloke. Yeah. Oh, you've done it really fairly. No, so you haven't, because he hasn't got listened to the 900, podcast. Nine hundred thousand followers or something like that. I'd never heard of him, and that's what he just does. He just sits there at his computer. Chopping up clips and just like doing hate pieces on people. And so the first bit, the, f- the first bit about how Rogan told him to stop fighting, got into all that stuff, that was spot on. When he started getting into like why Brian wasn't on the show for yeah, like a year, some of his facts like that were he right, completely missed it. And I was like, hate piece and that was all said in the podcast. That was made very clear why Brian wasn't on the show, and he wanted to stay away from the show to not. Ruin the show in case you know he got yeah, fully cancelled. Yeah, I know that it was about the protecting the brand and all that sort of yeah. thing. So it was just a very one sided hate piece, and like, yeah, I don't like it. But that's the internet for you. Yeah, and the there are a lot of people. Twenty seven thousand likes, but that's probably people that obviously like that bloke. Yeah, but you got to think you got a million, almost a million subscribers. You're only getting twenty seven thousand likes. So yeah, the I dislike right. the fuck out of it. Well, disliking. There's that. You sent me something today, and I saw the trailer for it. Have you watched it yet? I have. The, it's on, it's on it. Netflix right now. It's the internet's most hated man. Mm. Well, that's what he called himself. Um, What's this guy's deal? He basically created the first ever revenge porn site. So basically he would what – he, what he got done for in the end wasn't the revenge porn. He got done for hacking into people's emails and phones and stealing fit photos and then just posting them. Right. So what happened, the story, well, the documentary is based around this one girl whose mother um, decided, nah, this is bullshit, please take down the photo. And she really got into it and started, like, basically not leaving the guy alone until he took the photo down and got the website pulled down. But this girl made it abundantly clear that she never sent the photos to anybody. And they couldn't work out how it's ended up on this website. So they got the FBI right. involved. So that kind of was the... The smoke that started it. Yeah, yeah. That was like, because she obviously had a very, very close relationship with her mother. And then basically... So she's taking some nudies on her phone. Just just for herself. her own stuff. Yeah, she she made it pretty clear. She took the photos, was just feeling a bit of, you know, risque, okay. having a little fun Now, herself. let me just play devil. How much do you believe that she didn't send those photos to anybody? How many people are out there taking naked photos of themselves for themselves? So the guy's name's Hunter Moore. All right. Um, I, look... For the documentary and for the story purposes, I actually really believe it because she was very adamant. She wasn't dating anyone at the time. She wasn't seeing anyone. She just took the photos. You know, I think maybe this is a thing. I don't. I know. I don't do it, but maybe girls do when they've had a, you know a good gym shirt or they're feeling good. It's summer. They're in a bikini. That's yeah, that but they're sending it to someone. Yeah. Well, that's what his whole thing was. He's like, um, don't hate me. I'm just right. giving you the platform. Yeah. Anyway. 
dead set. The mother went into bat for the daughter and was like, right, you're telling me you did not send that to anybody? How have they got this? About 24 hours or two days prior, her email got hacked, right? They changed the password. She had sent the photos to her email because she run out of room on her phone. Oh, I'm calling bullshit because- That was a bit sus to me. If you've (laughs) taken the photos, you're feeling yourself, you feel good, you've seen them. If it comes to the point where you're throwing- you're making space in your phone. I can't imagine you're keeping that in your cloud. So if it's not for anyone, no. But this, this, this is this is back in the early early days. So the only only camera phones around were sidekicks. Well, sorry, sorry, not even the cloud. But like, would you really be emailing that to hold on to it if you're just saying you wanted to see? Well, I, I don't know because we're we're thinking ahead when we had iPhones with camera phones. So there was no camera phones back then. The only one that was was a sidekick. Do you remember I'm the ones? I'm that a sidekick. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. How she got how this all came about anyway was. This guy just created the revenge porn site and was just post letting people post right. nudie pics, okay. anything. So okay. they could post them fucking a dog on yeah. this site. People would talk about it and all this shit. It just became like a big blog, big right. form. And he, people started going, take my photo down. I haven't given permission to you. And there was no laws against revenge porn or So revenge pics. porn is essentially say, I'm with a girl. She sends me photos of her tits, whatever. We break up to get back at her. I post those photos. So exactly. that's revenge porn. So people were right. just, but then he got a bit of a cult following and they called themselves the family. So just people that were obsessed with this guy. He became a DJ and shit. And all he would do, right, would just tour around, have parties at clubs. And right. he, they reckon he had girls lining upside to fuck him. Just, he, he created a bit of a cult yeah, around right. him. It's like the slut whisperer. Do you know who that is? The guy yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly like that. Yeah, exactly yeah. like that. And, it just got like this guy went on talk shows and was just not apologetic. Was just like fuck, I don't care. I'm gonna ruin all these lives. Just absolute sociopath. Did not care. Just wanted wanted all the clout from that he was getting and all that shit. Anyway, this mum wouldn't go away with this girl. Um, I forget her name, but it's only three episodes. Each episode goes for an hour, so it's only three hours long. Um, and she just took it to the clinic. She got the FBI involved and they slowly worked out that there was this guy he hired to do the hacking. Just a random guy. I think he hacked one of his accounts and then instead of fucking reporting this guy... Come work for me. Hunter Moore goes, come work for me. I want you to hack emails and get all these photos. Like, just random people. So this guy would just hack into the email, search and see if they had any pictures. For some reason, this must have been a thing back in the day where people stored shit in their emails. Well, I guess that's how you could probably send documents back then. You'd have a camera phone, you'd yeah. upload it to your phone with a memory card or like yeah, that, I, I guess and then you'd email it. I can't really remember doing that because this was when I've we never were- I've emailed anyone outside of a work thing <laughs> or like a- Legit thing. So he got sentenced in 2015. So the site was closed in April of 2012. That's so early days. It was, it was like early days. So, yeah, it must have been like – because I can't remember because I was just out of uni and all that shit. But you obviously – I remember having hard drives and stuff, like to have movies and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. I remember putting photos yeah. on my computer to my hard drive. So That's what we would have done because, yeah. like I said, you would have, we wouldn't have camera phones. We had digital cameras. And you upload them to your computer. There you go. And then that's the way you transfer so, them. With the easiest way back then or was Or send email. them to people through email. Yeah, because there was no cloud. So this guy was just going around hacking random people's emails, accounts, getting and the just, photos and just uploading them. So all these people were finding out that they were on this fucking site and then basically comments just like the most vile shit. Right. If I could put it to you this way, 
is the biggest. It's the dawn of keyboard warriors, essentially. Just people calling this bird a slut because she had her tits out in the photo and telling her to choke on a cock. Just vile fucking shit. And this cunt's leading it all. So basically, he would antagonise people. She's like... So let's take this bitch apart or let, let's start right. calling, let, let's tear her apart. And then everyone would just fucking just like clicks, more comments, more clicks. Yeah, and more, then he yeah. started selling advertising space yeah, and all yeah, this yeah. shit. I'm not going to go into too much of telling the rest of the story, but he gets undone because they work out the FBI, raids his house, gets all his laptop. Right. They f- this is how dumb this guy is in the end. And fuck, he only got 30 months. So I'm sorry if I'm ruining this people, but it's, it's, it's well known. It's all over the internet anyway. He only got 30 months and because he, he only pled guilty to one charge and but he got... Is that because the laws didn't exist at that time? Yeah, they didn't exist and it wasn't a matter of... now they do. Now they do. If Is he, that because if of him? He, yeah, yeah. Stuff like this started coming right. in because of him um, and protection. Like if if you take a photo, you own the rights to that photo. Even if you just... So if I take a photo of you, I own the rights of it, even right. though you're in it. So all the copyright stuff comes right. in. So they can't... I can't just go... You can't. I can upload it, but you can't. Now I wouldn't be able to just upload that to you this need my site. Permission. I need your permission. Okay. Yeah. So he gets done. Um, not apologetic at all. This guy was going to launch another site, so he had to pull the site down in 2012 because everything was coming at him, like FBI and everything. So he pulled it down, and then he started still copying all this shit, and he started losing followers and stuff. So that like, fuck it, I'm launching site number two, and that's when the FBI jumped on him. They're like, nah. We're going to stop this. And Anonymous got involved, the hackers. Right, right. So they, they obviously heard all the story and Anonymous said, we're coming after you. <laughs> they legally declared him dead in California. They just fucked his life yeah, right. up. Couldn't <laughs> take money out, closed all his bank accounts, just destroyed this cunt. And he still wasn't apologetic at all for what he's doing. Like, And you're talking people probably kill, killing themselves, uh, depression. Like this bird, she was saying she like went into depression for like four years. Cause Especially if you can't get it taken down. No, you can't get it taken down. It was just it was disgusting, man. Like so he's in California. California. So he went to jail in 2015. So he'd be out right now. He was going to be in the doco. And then the last minute, they reckon he declined. And then Netflix did something funny. They're like, so we still use this photo anyway. All right. So there's heaps of footage okay. of him. But how, uh, how no one has killed this guy, I don't understand. Like, just even though he's out of jail now, how no one's... Because you're someone's talking about... Someone's brother, someone's dad, someone's yep. boyfriend, whatever. Yeah, yeah. He also had child... What uh, what made him get under the FBI's nose as well? Child porn was getting put up there. He wasn't putting it up, obviously, right. but... So it became like a free-for-all free, free for all forum. Yeah, pretty like much. Like 4chan. Or the worst thing I were. saw, and I nearly fucking turned it off when I saw this, was some fucking vile cunt had posted a naked photo of a uh, disabled person in yeah. a wheelchair on the fucking forum and people were taking the piss out of the guy. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's fucked up. I it's, mean, it, I know. Can, what the fuck has got to run through your head that you think that that, even if you're on the computer looking at that, that you're going to comment and say something yeah, disgusting There's so about, many levels to that. Situation, oh. Like the person taking the photo, the person sharing the photo, they're it's like, this disgusting. Just, what are you doing? So he ended up getting raided and they worked out that that guy was doing all hacking. And that's what they got him on. Not the revenge porn because there was no laws in place. It was the fact that they were hacking into people's email accounts and 
taking photos and stealing photos. So they were just probably doing it for so long and then people just assumed, oh, someone's sent it out to someone else. Like, yeah, no so they never... They would have thought they were getting hacked. They would have just thought no, the person I sent it to shared it. The mother worked out that she'd contacted 40 people that were like complaining, hey, I didn't give you permission, I didn't right. put this up. And she worked out something like 40% of them had been hacked. That's what the FBI Can you imagine how many relationships or friendships would have been fucked because of that? Like, how many jobs some people girl, have lost? Some girl would have sent the photo. Say, my wife sends the photo to me and only me, and then it gets out. She's going to go, Well, I didn't fucking share it. You yep. obviously shared it. I'm going to go, No, I didn't. She's not going to fucking believe me. Yep. I got hacked. Yeah, as if you were hacked. Why would you be hacked? And you imagine how many relationships, how many potential relationships that, you know, at the early days you send a tip or whatever. How many people could have killed themselves? Uh, yeah, 100%. So he had a girlfriend like at said, the time. Your jobs, your kids at schools, maybe. Go on. So there was a story about a, a kindergarten teacher got sacked because she appeared on the site and with her tits out, and she was one of the other people that said, "I'd never sent this to anybody. Um, I've been hacked." Right. So they ended up. That's how they got him. That's fucked that she's lost her job for that now. Like people and lost she just her took job. Her a photo. You know what? Just buy Polaroids, I guess. Film camera. It's you shouldn't just, have to. It's just scary with the shit because now everyone's storing stuff on clouds. It's even fucking scarier. That when and we've seen it already. Remember when the, all the celebrities got yeah. hacked? Like even the, the one fappening. that went around recently because of Johnny Depp and all that was the Amber Heard nudes again. They all went around. Yeah, I think it's just listening. Just don't take nudes, huh? <sighs> what do you say to people? Don't don't take them. But cover your face. Like, like fuck. Nudes are great as well, though. Like I don't get them, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> But you want to store them safely. I know. What what type of fuckhead? Even let's say you break up with your miss side and she's a fucking idiot. (laughs) And we all know that happens. Especially you. No, no. Yeah. (laughs) He knows it's true. No. But like, what type of fuckhead would then go share yeah, that on a site like that? Like, you, you, situation to situational, you know what I mean? Like, who knows the situ- like how they broke up. Maybe she cheated on him. That's why it's revenge porn again. And I guess that's where a lot of it started. Like, it's crazy. The girl cheats on the I guy. The guy goes, that. fuck you, here. Your dad's about to see your tits online. And just does that. That's why I don't <sighs> want daughters, man. That's why I don't want daughters. It's so fucking... Ju- <laughs> it's so juvenile when you think about it to do that to somebody. Like, yeah. they've, 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 no matter what, at one stage in your life, you, you either really cared about the person or really loved yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. And they've sent that yeah, to you. Yeah, exactly. You know, you, you keep that safe no matter what. You'd think, but there's a lot of scum. Even bags. if she cheated on you, it was a fucking car. You're just like, whatever. Yeah. You win at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, no, easier said than done with a clear mind, though. But when you're in that situation and you're hurt and whatever. You just, all you're doing is sinking down to an even lower level. Yeah, yeah I know. That it's spur of the that. moment thing. Well, yeah. But. Um, yeah, it's fucking crazy. But it's really good doco, guys. It's on Netflix right now. It's only three hours, three one-hour episodes. Definitely worth a watch. Um, and now you know, know that they, girls can send nudes to you and you won't share them. Yeah, definitely do not share anything. Um, and send them to Kiari because he won't. <laughs> <laughs> that was his whole plan tonight, to work your trust. No. <laughs> <laughs> in, in I guess, even sadder news, but, you know, back in the sports world, Bill Russell passing away the 11 time. Is it Was he 11 or was 11 in a row? It was 11, I think it was 11 total, and I'm pretty sure it was 11 in a row. That's crazy. I think there might have been a year in between for – Whatever reason that their season didn't happen, and there was like a skip, maybe I could be wrong on that. So Russo would probably be be able to give you more on this than I can because he's a bit more of a basketball man or a lot more of a basketball man. But Bill Russell, most NBA rings, Celtics, Celtics back in the seventies, 
So he's got 68, 11, 67. Yeah. And then one of his teammates has 10. There was just this era where they won it all, all the time. So when everyone does a comparison, they talk about the greatest ever, and they say it's MJ, not LeBron, because MJ's got six rings, and then people always say, well, what about Bill Russell? He had 11 rings. He's the original. Fuck. So, yeah, he played through the 50s to the late 60s. So 56 to 68. And just all rings. What just a about. career. Just rings, man. But also off the court, he's a big like civil rights activist. And yes. Up until the recent BLM stuff, up until a few years ago. How's this? In first, not- first ever African-American coach of a professional sports team in the US, I think. I think. Continue. In the 1959, he averaged 24 rebounds a game. Jesus. He did this for years. So yeah, he he's went- a big guy. His career average was 22 rebounds. What, a game? A game. 22 and a half rebounds a game, 15 points. His field goal percentage was 44% from the field, which is fucking very good. Um, 22 boards a game. He, two, 2,000... No, that can't be right. That's not ready. Assist, he averaged four a game as well. So he's nearly hitting a triple-double average for a career. <laughs> That's fucking But nuts. also very beloved off the court by yes, everyone. Yes, very much like so. You see a lot of, like, each generation even. Like, I know him and Charles Barkley and Shaq and all, they had a real good relationship. And he seemed quite funny as well, Bill Russell. Like, a lot of few things that I've seen him in. Yeah, so, yeah pretty much in every a legend. or NBA team you yeah, can yeah. think of. Oh, yeah. You can't win 11 rings not be recognised. Crazy, crazy. But then, yeah, he does have a teammate who won 10. Play, sorry, you're right. Player coach of the Celtics. Becoming the first black coach in NBA and the first to win a championship. There you go. And I'm pretty sure it's the first of the major four North American sports. Yeah. So, yeah, RIP. There's been a few deaths lately. They escaped me top of my head, but. The, the, we had we lost Ray Liotta, and then we just lost um, the head mob boss in that movie, Goodfellas. Oh, Paul. Oh, I forgot his last name. Savino. Savino, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had a good, had a good innings, 83, and, I think. Sorry, James Kahn, Sonny. From and James Kahn. I think we mentioned that maybe the other week. But yeah, it's been a pretty shit run for mob bosses. Yes, very Anyone shit. who's played mob boss. So you mentioned Ray Liotta, and you mentioned what you've been watching. I've been watching yeah. a show. Yes. On Apple TV. Black something? Blackbird. There we go. Mum and Dad watching as well. <sighs> it's week to week, so maybe hold out to the season. How many episodes? Yeah, I think there's eight total, and five have been out so far. Ooh, I normally like to wait. wait to the end. Yeah. You do. I normally do what you do. I normally like to wait till the whole s- series is done. Like Stranger Things, I'm just going to wait till the whole thing's done. But this show I've been watching every week, and, and it's first show for a while that I'm like, I know it's in my diary. Friday night, Blackbird's out. Like I'm excited for it. So episode six this week. Episode six is Friday. I have an absolute man crush on the guy in it. He is so hot. Do you know the movie Kingsman? Yeah, he played uh, El- Elton John. Yes. Yeah. Taron Egerton. He is jacked is in, he this in this show. Like, absolutely jacked. His character is cool as fuck. I'll give you a brief rundown. Well, so Black, sorry, what's it called Black again? Bird. Black Bird. And there's Paul Walter Hauser. He's the guy that played played Richard Jewell. Yeah. He's, he's in 101 he Dalmatians. He plays Unco really well. Yeah, he's, he's in Black Klansman as well. He always plays a bit of an idiot, but he's a brilliant actor. Yeah. So he's like some sort of sick weirdo that they think did stuff to girls, multiple girls, but they've only got him on one charge or something. So they send in Ed, Egerton there. So Eggies, yeah. do you want to read the blog to save you doing it? Sure. Jimmy Keenan. Or Keen. Which is Eggsy. 
which is he's sentenced to 10 years in a minimum security prison, but he cuts a deal with the FBI to befriend a suspected serial killer. Keane has to elicit a confession from Larry Hall, so this is all true story, yep. to find the bodies of as many as 18 women. There you go. There you go. It's on Apple TV. It but is brilliant is it? so far. Really Fuck good. yes. I need something else to watch. I've watched a few good things like that. The Shrink Next Door. With Will Ferrell and Paul Rudd. We started watching that and then we stopped, me yeah. and you. I, mean, I, I, I fell asleep. It. Watch that. That's a true story as well. Unbelievable. That it's really? A, yeah, man. Crazy story. Like this ah. shrink, shrink like convinces this quite well off. Like he's this New York um, Jew that has like carpet. Te- te- carpet te- and yeah, curtain. Textile. Curtain and curtain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he um, convinces him to like get rid of his family and just like – I don't know, he just starts like um, brainwashing him almost and then he moves into his house and all this stuff and it goes on for like decades. It's a crazy story, really good show. The Shrink Next Door. Also so Paul, Paul Rudd's the, um, the, shrink. the Shrink. Yeah. Fuck, okay. Because I've watched the first episode and I just didn't, yeah, nah, didn't get me. Yeah, no, nah, it's good. Okay. It's just the fact that it's a true story. Anything like, true story yeah, you same. can get behind. That's why, cause that's why I like Blackbird and this one. All right, so Blackbird every Friday night, new episode. So I might wait if it's yeah, a, wait till it's all done. So maybe. six, it's seven, good, three it'd be a great episodes. binging show because every week when it's done, I'm like, ah, uh, but that Love Island's done. Thank fuck. So Nucci made me watch my first episode of Love Island when I was at his house on Sunday. I tell you what, it's it's a batshit crazy show. So <laughs> <laughs> fuck me, mate. I, every year, that's the one thing, Hannah. Well, not because it's that and maths. And is, I, it, is this uh, the American one? UK. No, okay. no, I don't watch So I watch the American one no, no, no. on Sunday. UK one trumps it all the time. Yeah, why? They talk better. The, all right, love. Like the way the accents, literally, like <laughs> just the way they are is so much better. Americans are fucking fools most of the time. And like, yeah. especially those girls on those shows. That, I don't know, the difference between American girls and the English ones. I don't know, they're just a bit more, less like, oh my God. Like the English ones are funny. Well, some of these girls no, in the American one were bad. Oh, that's what I mean. The American one's terrible. But the terrible. English ones, they're good. Michael Owen's daughter was in it. Yeah, she good look. Oh, she's a bit of a looker. She's a twat, man. Yeah, like, she's an imbecile. <laughs> just what? Just a rich girl. Yeah, like she's only nineteen. Thinks that she's she like. This he mature. won the Ballon d'Or. Crazy, ho. Crazy. And he then, must have had a fucking season that year. Oh, he was a good fucking player. Oh, he was a very good striker. Is that Ray Al? And then um, Ronan Keating's son was in it for a little bit. Ronan Keating. <laughs> yeah, he's toilet the son. Is he? But it's <laughs> we've watched it now for I don't know five six years, especially the UK ones. I always love the bromances. I could watch like Brav Island if you just had like a bunch of guys get together and become friends. Right. Just the banter and stuff like that. It's fu- So that's finally done with so I don't have to watch that every night. Okay. So at the moment I fall asleep. Well, we watch one episode of that and then pretty much go to bed. So that's done with now so I can start getting into some more shows. I need to finish The Offer. Have you watched that? I have watched it. Yeah, I didn't get discussed. Fucking great show, man. We watched Such good episodes. We had too many shows on the go at once. I had yeah. to just finish them. Fuck, so far I really like that show. Such a... Miles Teller, sensational. Hannah pointed this out, and since she said it, I can't unsee it. He would have played Elvis really well. He would have been a good Elvis. Yeah, because he's the got that like, do boy. Yeah, yeah. The offer, his voice is a bit different. He, he changed hair. it to be a bit more Italian. Yeah, right. See, yeah. He, in the um, offer, he looks like he could be Elvis. Really good show, but... And, and the chick, uh, the blonde chick in it is from... Um, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's English. She yeah, plays yeah. such... A, she's such a good actress, man. The 
Miles Teller's missus, though, the Spanish or French one or whatever. French, yes. Her voice shoots me so bad. No. She's, her accent's horrible. No. Oh, man, I, I thought that was sexy it. as oh, fuck. She's almost like she's blocked up. <laughs> nah, man, <laughs> I could not do it. I, I, I thought she was going to make an appearance, come back. Oh, oh no, I'm not going to say it. I haven't finished it. Okay. I'm only season. It is amazing how the Godfather even got made. How it even got made. There were so many hurdles between the mafia, dealing like with the mafia. Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra. Sounded like the biggest cuck going around. Yeah, man. And obviously the character in is, is based off him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he is a cuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I was, I was enjoying that. I need to finish that. How funny is... Oh, no, you're not up to that no. part. I don't want to spoil it, but... I'll probably have it finished by next week. We'll yeah, yeah, I but imagine Russo's watched it. Very good. No, I don't think he had yet. I was meant to mention it last week, so you guys watched it, but... I think anything Godfather-related, he'd be all over. It's his favourite movie. Yeah. But he would be. It's amazing. And oh, then, and sorry. And the other show I'm watching, Terminal List. Have you seen that? I started watching it and fell asleep with Chris Pratt. Is it good? Yeah, I gotta get. Okay, I'm getting back into it tonight. It's like John Wick meets Jack Reacher meets fucking... So I was halfway through episode one. Shooter meets... I think I started it last... I started when I was in COVID and I fell asleep and I never just got Watch back... that. Terminal. Beautiful. Watch that. You love it. I mean, this is massive news for us. But that's movie talk with Loshie and Chop. Yeah, it's a fantastic segment. But Deshaun Watson <laughs> getting six weeks. Now, I said this to you about two or three weeks ago. I said he's going to get six to eight weeks. Mm-hmm. I cannot believe for the life of me that the NFL were gunning for 12. They, they were wanted gunning 12. for indefinite season, minimum 12. If that's not the biggest prejudice I've yeah. ever seen, considering Robert Kraft, the fucking owner of a team, got caught in a yeah. rub and tug and actually arrested, and this guy's just getting massages from girls. Fair enough. He may what he may have done and how he went about it wrong way. Just hire a prostitute to come give you a massage. Yeah, or mate, hire. A, I'm sure there's rub and tug girls that just do rub and tugs. Yeah, it's a thing. Yeah, You're, there's so many ways you could have gone about it. Yeah, and yeah, so he settled most of them. There's no legal charges pressed against him whatsoever. No. Um, and he still. Got six weeks. So they said, she said, so we've spoken before how it's the, they got a third party retired judge. Yes. The NFL, they were sick of Goodell being. Because he's got no law degree. Because Goodell only, was, yeah. like they were saying this morning on Pat McAfee, he was judge, jury, executioner. He was everything all the time. He made all the decisions, everything went through his desk. So NFL PA and the last CBA, they said from now on, we don't want just Goodell making these decisions. Yeah, because it's a pink, it's I don't like you. You're fucked. Yeah, and he works essentially. He's just the puppet man for those billionaire owners. Yeah, but a lot of them don't like him either. Yeah, uh, but yeah, we we don't know. But uh, yeah, keep going. So they got the third party woman, and I thought straight away, like you even see her, she's kind of looks a bit like a Karen. Like I thought she'd be a very zero tolerant, like she would throw the book at him, sort of thing. It kind of went the other way, but she's. I mean, I can agree with what she said. You know, as egregious as his actions were, they were non-violent. And I think that that you have to really take into consideration that, like, at the end of the day, he asked for the rub and tug. They did it. I I can't imagine how you can force a hand job onto someone. Like you no, can't. and I'm sure if they said no, he left it. Yeah. So um, I imagine a lot of the claims, I don't know, I'm just assuming, a lot of those claims would have been he requested them and they thought, fuck, we can cash in here. Once the first girl came out and said it, maybe the first girl did it had second thoughts and wanted to press charges and then a few more popped up and said, well, he asked me, he asked me. How so can you press charges if someone just asks you and you do something? Because it's a chance for quick money. High profile. Yeah, I know. Get but I'm just out, saying, that, that's why court. no legal charges would come against him. Yeah. 
Because he never forced himself onto Yeah, so I mean, you can't force a hand job onto someone. Yeah. So they either did it or didn't. I'm sure they got paid for it, maybe. So yeah. that's why maybe I think a lot of them would drop because when you push comes to shove, like they're non-violent, you did it. You got no evidence, yeah. And you can't... I, I mean, wonder how much, because obviously he settled, what, 20-something out of them? 23 out of 26 or something. I can't remember he the settled. Numbers. But I think it was more that sometimes he'd like do something like slide his towel up or like when he turned over purposely like... Got his dick out, do you know what I mean? Or like, you know, what I mean? that's what. Yeah, and he was hard. I'm like he sorry, turned, he that rolled must over hard, and then like purposely like knocked the towel off, and been like, oh yeah, you know, maybe. I'm sorry, but for these masseuses going to an NFL player's house, mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> like, that's a, that's the that's the that's a bad attitude to have a wrong thought because a lot of people just automatically put like you link masseuse hand jobs. A lot of people automatically think that. I just so don't know too many. A lot of these girls are just professional sports masseuse. It's a big fucking industry. Mm. Yeah, a lot of them. Right. And a lot of guys aren't comfortable getting massaged by another guy for whatever. Yeah, but I'm saying reason. like, so surely, of, surely there's ones and shout out that that do sports massages, but they're also chucking a hair job. High high end yeah, prostitutes. One thousand that, percent. But that's why I still what we've said this before. Well, I don't think he set sort. After them because it's too easy. Yeah, you want to he is a dumbass. Like, oh, definitely. It's a bit of a like arrogant narcissist or whatever. Like, you got that much money, just 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 purchase a, a high quality no, escort. No chase, that, that's too easy. That, no that's what they. That. Yeah, but that's what they do. Yeah, but there's no fun in that. That's easy. Anyone can do that. Mm. You want a bit of a risk. You want to? Is she going to say yes? Is she going to say no? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but who wants a hand job anyway? Like, that's what I. I'm, that's a weird thing. Yeah, that's a you. weird thing. Are we thirteen? If you're gonna do it, fuck them. The only person I want giving me a hand job is me. I give yeah. myself the best fucking hand jobs yeah. in the world. I don't. That's, want that's, so there's no evidence of him. So obviously he didn't force himself on any of them. No. They either said no or they felt just whipped it out and obliged, and they either did it or they didn't do it. Um, it's a not. It's, I don't know if it's not grooming, but I think it's just the situation. It is of, weird for a female. Let's, let's. I put myself. Let's put myself in the female shoes. If I'm just a masseuse and I'm going there massaging him, and this dickhead, because that's what he is at the yeah. end of the day. You're a dickhead. Whips out. His dick or puts his towel over, and he's got a he's got a fucking f- throbbing. And I can't imagine it's small. Yeah, not at all. Is, is he that big? Yeah, yeah most black guys yeah. got pretty big dicks. Yeah, we're not, <laughs> we're not stereotyping here. Yeah, yeah, but come on, we've all watched. Porn. I guess that would be fucking tough position to be in if you're those girls as well. In but what sense? Just fucking all of a sudden he's got a raging heart yeah, on. And of and course, he's like it, mate. Looking down at it like you know what you got to do. It's, it's and it, now you're it's like, very very bad. It's very yeah. very bad. That's like one of the worst. Like, as much as it's non-violent or whatever, you can't just do that. That's yeah. someone's wife, husband, hundred uh, percent, yeah, know, mom or whatever. It could be a lot of girls do massage, like I said, and they don't get fucking hand jobs. They're maybe training to be physios, yeah. and part of it you have to do a massage certificate or whatever. Hundred uh, percent. So you do that on the side. It's an NFL guy. You charge a premium. You give a good sports massage. You should be have more respect for the girl that you shouldn't be expected you can whip it out but supposedly some of them that he did get in were professionals so I guess what's the problem so then yeah that's what I don't understand like some of them were like that's what they did they went around and gave massages and jerked yeah it could be as simple as maybe you know there's one um like business that he gets, you know, you can they outsource them. So you can call up, you say, send yeah. me a girl. And maybe the majority of the time, those girls, they're up for it. And so he's, and other ones come, oh, Michelle can't come today. We're going to send fucking Terry. 
And he's like, well, Michelle gave me a hand job. Maybe Terry will. Yeah. Rolls over, slug out. And you just reckon they all got on got the same bandwagon where it's like. Confronting black slug in her face. <laughs> and she just went, whoa, that's bigger than my arm. It, I mean, it is shit. It's, it's, you can't do that. I'm, I'm not at all justifying what he did, right? It's disgusting. It's still fucking disgusting. He missed out on all of last year. He's abusing his power. It's got to his head. And he, you can't do shit like that. It's fucking horrible. So let's just so, say that. But, absolutely agree with that. So he missed out all last year. Whether that was holding out or whether that was because you didn't know what it started off as a bit of a holdout and then it turned into we don't know where his future's going to be. So he missed a whole season and then another six weeks this year at a new club after he's got big money, guaranteed a lot of guaranteed money. Two fifty six weeks it? is probably fair considering he's missed all last year, non-violent, all that. And I think because it dragged for so long, it got so much media attention that we've all sat on it for so long. And there's always been this: he deserves a year, he deserves a year, all this because it's been built up. When you look at the facts. Sorry, wrong word, because they're not facts. Like what we've just discussed, a lot of those situations could have happened where it was a small, not, yeah. again, I'm not taking anything away, but as much as turning over, whipping it out, would you like to? They say, no, okay, continue the massage. Not a good thing still, but six weeks. That's enough, I think. I, I, I don't believe he actually should have got it. I think they should have taken in time, time served. The other hand is Calvin Ridley, who put a bet on when he was injured, Involving his team playing, which you're not allowed to do. That's even got dumber. a whole year, got given a whole season. So yeah. it's kind of. I think that's more because of their strict policy on gambling. Well, there, there wasn't any gambling sports can, gambling for. for, for it's years. only just come in. Yeah, so I think I think yeah, because it's the first time it's happened, and it's the first time we, we've all got they've all got it in their phones now and access to it. You have to make an example of him. Yeah, because I, otherwise it, it 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 can hurt the integrity of the game. If you know I, I, 100%, 100%. Yeah. You can't have any betting. He's a dumbass. He deserved a year, but I don't feel... I think what I've seen today in the media and that is people are sort of been comparing the two, thinking Ridley's was way blown out of proportion, but they're two different yeah. things. That's, but that's, you what, can't I, that's compare what I'm saying. Them people are comparing those two. Yeah. And then you look at other comparisons where it's... To me, I think the worst thing you can do in sport is cheating. Whether it's shaving points, whether it's throwing the game, whether it's doing whatever, okay? Like, cheating is the worst thing to me, and that should be the most fine. Tom Brady, deflate gate and all that, he got quite a harsh penalty and all that, so... Yeah, but this, that was dumbest thing ever. Yeah. But then, Deshaun's not guilty, no criminal charges, nothing like that. So it's kind of like, well, as bad as what he did was and all that sort of stuff... What, it should be... What can you give him a year for? He didn't do any... Vo- like, yeah. I'm, I, that, I, that, I'm not defending him. Again, I'm not defending him, but... Well, hang on. Kareem Hunt bashed his girlfriend. Ray Rice years ago. Knocked his girlfriend out of the elevator. There was, and there was footage of it, unfortunately. Well, unfortunately yeah. Lucky there was because he never played again, really. Sorry, I'll take that back. Kareem Hunt didn't bash his girlfriend. He hit a girl that was badgering him yeah. in the hotel. Yeah. She wouldn't leave him alone. He just turned around and hooked her. Yeah. Like, and I'm not saying, like, don't know the whole story. It wasn't there or not. That but should get more than what? Way more. Got. Way more. Way more. Now, are you in the camp that Deshaun, now, they both got six weeks. Now, do you think that's not enough for Kareem or Do you remember Zeke getting six weeks? Yeah, again. again. So, again, they took that to the Supreme Court because there was no – the cops didn't press charges. The girl that supposedly claimed he did dot, 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 the cops uh, deemed her uncredible. So, they weren't going to press any charges. The NFL still took it and made him – so, they had the independent investigators. I heard this on McAfee today and they – Took it to an independent investigator, 
She couldn't find anything, mm. and the NFL still went after him. See, that's the reason why they put in the Cibber that in. Yeah, hundred percent. Because you have Zeke, to have a third party. Zeke missed six games, and he was having a great year, and that was yeah. towards going into the playoffs, and that fucked us for that year. Yeah, it, it it's more. I think Goodell's whole thing is protecting the badge, the integrity of the game, how it reflects on the game. Yeah, but he's a flog. But at the same time, man, like that's a big league. You got thirty-two teams. Each team has fifty-three players. Plus practice squad. So 90 men or whatever. Not 90. How many on the practice squad? I think there's about 12 or something like that. Okay. So essentially around the club, you've got 60 guys at 32 teams. That's the most most um, participants in a sport, surely. you got to think. AFL's... NBA's nowhere near it. NBA's 11 or 12. There's 32 teams for a start. Not many leagues have 32 Soccer. teams. Premier League have 20 teams with only, say, so, 20 on there. So the NFL's probably got yeah. the most players, right? And you got the most players. It has to, yeah. Right. The majority of them, as in probably 75 to 80%, grew up tough. Grew up under the poverty line or whatever, in the yeah. ghettos. We've all seen the stories. We've all seen the 30 for 30s. So it's kind of like a numbers thing where you're going to have more of these incidents. There's more yeah. players and they have. Oh, there's shit every year. There's a lot more money. They're treated like superstars. They had a very hard. Life growing up They don't know any better Some of them grew up In the gang life They kind of find it hard To get away from it And they still get caught With guns and things like, like that Like that Arnett for Vegas Got done yeah. Threatening somebody On a fucking live stream With a gun Like What are you doing What are you doing Showing off your gun like, It's just Fucking idiot That's ingrained in them The way they grew up So I think the NFL is a tricky position Because like I said There's so many Things But at the same time It's got to be fair And yeah. I think Deshaun's is fair In terms of He missed all last year And you can't charge can't give him more than six games for a non-violent thing I compared agree. to some other things that have happened. We're less than 40 days now. Close. I think, when did I hear it? It was 40, yeah, it's about 40 days. Yeah, I think first practice in about three weeks, practice game. Yeah, practice game So started. Deshaun Watson, interesting enough, he's allowed to practice and he's allowed to play in the first couple of practice games. You can... Is he? Yeah, so he, and he's allowed to be at the... So and he can come back week three, so you have to... But they, they, they wouldn't play him. I think they will because... <laughs> Why, but they need to get uh, Jacoby Brissett as many reps as possible. I know, but do you risk injuring Jacoby Brissett in the preseason? Ooh, they got, oh, yeah, because they've got Rose in his first string. Yeah, fuck, they might actually play and him. You have to, and the thing is, Jacoby Brissett's been there all preseason, or yeah. he's been training. Sean hasn't been allowed in the building. So now that he's allowed in there, he's only... Has he not been allowed in the building? Why not? He wasn't suspended. I think. Oh, no, 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 he was. He was. Yeah. He didn't train at Houston or that because he didn't want to play for them anymore. Yeah, but I don't know. If he's he, definitely uh, been training with. Uh, yeah. Well, because I, sh- I saw him sharing snaps, but he hasn't been suspended by the NFL or anything. Well, I mean, Prisette's in there for the first six weeks, so he's got to get snaps. But maybe the they time, do play him like half, half. But then you have the, to play. You have to get what's news to the playbook, so you have to give him some. Yeah, maybe maybe they do then. Maybe they do play him in the pre. Either That's way, crazy that they can do that. But anyway, good on him. Either way, round one. Week one was Cleveland at Carolina. Carolina at Cleveland. Baker. That would have been nice if Deshaun was there for that. Baker and Donald sharing first team reps. I hope Baker beats. Baker would beat her. Donald, did you? Donald. Yeah, I agree. No, but no I hope good. he beats Cleveland. Because you know what? And they've been saying all that. Like, they hadn't won a playoff game ever. They've been. They had 0 and 16 seasons, 1 and 15 seasons. They've been fucking horrible. Baker takes them to the playoffs, beats the Steelers in Pittsburgh. And they run him out of their franchise. Can I say something, though? And I know he's a flog. I'm not defending Baker. There you go. You answered your question. If you're a flog yeah. and you're in a position of leadership and you're a flog about it, it which is what he 100% is, yeah. and you rub uh, 
seasoned vets and stuff the wrong way and you're having arguments with coach and you're doing those stupid progressive commercials and shit like that that doesn't need to be done. Outweighs. Outweighs it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. And he was a sack in college. He did that shit with Ohio State, planting the flag. and everything. Like, you're doing crap like that. It's not competitive. You're a sword. Yeah, I agree. So that's why they probably ran him out of the yeah, building. Yeah, I agree. And he's not. He's, and he's not going to fucking take him to a Super Bowl. No, he's he, not that good. He made Odell look bad. There and you go. Odell went and became. There you go. Would have been super. Arguably MVP. one of the best wide receivers. Sorry, arguably one of the best wide receivers in terms of hands yeah, yeah. of and all athletic, time. Yeah, yeah. Athletic and everything. Great, great. Don't get me wrong. Odell Beckham Jr. is a fucking amazing receiver. Goes to LA, turns it on. Arguably MPV M. Would have been if he didn't. Would have been if because he he'd already had a touchdown fifty yards and and yard. Yeah. So yeah, all right. Let's last little bit. We'll touch a little bit on Carlton because they completely <sighs> fucked it on the weekend, and obviously Josh Kennedy announced he's officially retiring after this Sunday's game. JK has been an absolutely amazing servant for the West Coast Eagles. Love watching the and guy Carlton. play. Played twenty something games for Carlton. I think not even. I know he kicked eleven goals, mm. so we took him pick four. And then yeah. uh, 05 draft. And then 2009, I think it was, we sent Josh Kennedy. And pick three. And pick three. And we got Maston. And you guys gave us Chris Jard and pick 50-something, which was Dennis fucking Armfield. And you also got Tony still, still You also got Tony Noddy out of that deal. Who the fuck is Tony Noddy? He played for the Eagles. <laughs> That's Not good. very much. Yeah. So you got Maston, Kennedy, and Tony Noddy. Yeah, fuck. So yeah, JK... Would you? I mean, obviously he's the leading goal kicker of the Eagles, and I think Will Schofield came out and said he reckons he's the greatest ever Eagle. Would you agree? With I'd that? still do that trade. Oh, I'd, yeah, hundred percent. Um, because I think as much as I love Juddy and Juddy was here, you can't keep a bloke that doesn't want to be there. Yeah, no. I, and obviously there's a lot of turmoil with the Eagles with uh, uh, cousins, Kerr, yeah. all the drugs and all that shit. It's probably not an environment that he wanted to be in. If I could go back, I wouldn't have done the trade. Because the I was going to ask you that, yeah. No, no, because mainly because well, we had Fev. We didn't need Jake. Well, not that we didn't need so him, but if you, we had Favola. If you could, but then you lost Favola. That's yeah. the thing, the next year. So he only had one, I think it was end of 2010 we lost Favola. No, end of 20, oh, I can't remember when it was. It's just, it just hurts too much. But anyway, <laughs> if, knowing that we were going to have one more year of Fev, I would have definitely kept Jake. Yeah, look at him. He would have fucking turned her on. Yeah. Maybe not been as good at Carlton. No, Definitely not he, been as good as Carlton. We sucked. Look yeah. how good Favola was. Favola, I'm sorry. I don't care anyone says. I know he's my favourite. Favola is one, one of the best, best kicks in the game of the last 20 years. Yep. Like, he's one of the last true full forwards. I know Buddy Franklin's kicked a lot of goals, but he's more that up the ground, athletic. In terms of leading out of the square, full forwards, to me, Fev is the last... Yeah. It's a dying breed. That's fair. Uh, maybe uh, JK is a bit What about more, Tex Walker? Fuck Tex Walker. Especially <laughs> after the weekend. And Fev... Won the fucking Coleman in the same year he won a wooden spoon. So Kennedy wouldn't have had done wouldn't have done much for us really. We were fucked regardless. No, but he's, he's sensational forward over seven hundred goals for the Eagles. Would you say he's the best ever Eagles? Um, I'd say top five. Yeah, you can't argue top five. I can't. I can't say he's the best ever. I think you've got guys like Jakovic, Peter Matera, Ben yeah. Cousins, Warswold, Dean Cox, Dean Warswold. Cox. We've had a lot of good players. We've had a lot of sensational players yeah. over the year. Kerr's in that mix. Some, I mean, Kennedy's in that mix somewhere, whether it's five, maybe ten. He's in the top ten. Yeah. I think all-time leading goal scorer, yeah. he's got to be in the top ten. He's got 700 goals. He's, but, yeah, 
Five, maybe top five. Depends how you look at it, but it's, mm. it's a very hard list. People forgetting as well players like Drew, uh, Drew Banfield. Yeah, and then Dean Just Kemp. absolute durable player. Solid. It was like Brad Shepard. Uh, uh, one of our biggest losses has been losing Brad Shepard. Because we had no, we got exposed on the weekend, like ranking, kicking four or five goals. We got no one to go on the small forwards at the moment. Well, we got exposed on the weekend. We, I honestly didn't think Carlton were capable of those performances anymore. It was a Carlton of old. We couldn't handle the pressure. They completely shut our run off half back. Saad did nothing. Keys wore him all game. It was Patrick Cripps versus Adelaide on the weekend. No one else could have held their head high. It was a bit of a. It started off a bit shaky week for Carlton on Thursday. They dropped Stephen, um, Jack Silvani. Which they never should have done. Dumb move. I, at the start of the week, messaged my brother and said they're probably going to rest Silvani. I thought they were going to rest him. He's been playing backup ruck all year, out of position. He looked good. Pitnet was coming back in. Adelaide Pitnet's, in Adelaide, you don't need which Pitnet. I took advantage of. I thought they'd be a bit, not an easy win, but I thought, okay, you can rest Silvani. It turned out it was a dropping. Voss came out and backed it and said, yes, it is a dropping. He came on anyway in the third quarter because we had third uh, first quarter. Nah, it's, sorry, it's first quarter, yeah. First quarter, yeah, because we had injuries. So it was a bit of a shitty week, and then we just turned up. We didn't turn up. Tell me why you play. Why not? With what's worked for you guys the whole year is Deconi in the ruck. Yeah, I agree. You're too tall playing Deconi, Mackay, and Kernow forward. Pitnet can't... Didn't work. Pitnet is only a ruckman. So on the weekend... He can't go forward. And I know... I don't know. I'm sure this has got to do with easing him back in. But if he wasn't rucking, he was on the bench on the weekend. Yeah, What's so... What's the point of that? What's the point of that? Yeah, they're dumb. Dumb. Because in Silvani, we've beaten some good teams. We've... I mean, we haven't beaten... We haven't beat Freo. We've had some good wins. We've beaten most teams that we should have beaten, aside from Adelaide on and the weekend. And Deconi's good around the ground. I, I didn't like the decision. I don't argue with the. I try not to. I mean, I have my opinion, but at the end of the day, the coaches know we're in the top eight for the first time in fucking twenty years. I can't argue with whatever they're doing. I don't know the inner walls, but at the moment, we've got some more injuries going into the next three weeks. So if we had a one on the weekend, we guaranteed ourselves finals. Right? Yeah. Not much. Your run like our run. Oh, you heard of Brisbane? We're playing them in the Gabba. Heard of Melbourne? We're playing them. Oh, have you heard of Collingwood? We finished the season there. We could not win another game for the rest of the year and fall out of the eight. We've been we haven't dropped below seventh all year. If we had a one on the weekend, oh, done. that is diabolical. Richmond if you guys don't up, make the finals, Richmond got up and beat Brisbane, yeah, which fucked us, yeah. St Kilda won, so we need Bulldogs, Richmond, St Kilda to keep losing. Fuck. Honestly, if we, all we had to do was beat Adelaide, we could have lost the next three and still made it. Oh, that'd be so rough if you guys don't need, make we it. We need a win. And one you know what? Richmond are up and about. St Kilda did what they had to do on the weekend, which was win. Bulldogs have Frio in Marvel this at Marvel this oh, weekend. Frio were in trouble as well. Cost them top four playing. Yeah. I mean, Melbourne's no easy win, but I was at that game. They just never got going, no, Fremantle. No, 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 the cold weather, I don't know. They just never got going. So we could try and snag a win in Brisbane maybe, but then it's Melbourne and Collingwood, so we could literally drop out of the top eight. Haven't been below seventh. In, it's around 20 this week, and we could not make the eight. Fucking crazy. That's not the most Carlton thing ever. That is. That that would sum up. That if you guys don't make the finals. <sighs> well, I've got grand final flights. <laughs> flights <laughs> if anyone wants to buy them. Well, they're refundable. Now, obviously, we're speaking about AFL. We just talked about Freo. The second half of this week's podcast is Damon with Michael Fredericks on the Fremantle Dockers. Frederick. So, Frederick. Michele Frederick. <laughs> Idiot. Stay tuned. Enjoy the conversation. All right, and joining me fresh off a roller coaster month, both on 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 and off the field, is uh, Fremantle Docker superstar Michael Frederick. Michael, how are you, man? 
Good, thanks. How are you going? Yeah, good, thanks, buddy. Now, your real name, say that for me, is it Moreno? Moreno. Moreno, yeah. So why don't you run with that? Why, why, why Michael? Um, well, I think well, when I was baptised, that was a name. Sorry, I was given Michael when I was baptised. Yeah, um, right. But, yeah, Monero was my given name or birth name. Um, but I've always gone by Michael at school, all throughout school. And, yeah, never really got called my real name. But, um, yeah, I, some of the boys do um, at the footy club every now and again. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't often go by it. I only really like close people, such as family and all that, call me that. Yeah, right. And your brother, he mainly goes by Martin then as well? Yeah, Martin or Marty. Yeah, yeah, cool, cool. All right, now, yeah, your family. So i I got to clear this up because I've had some conflicting things online. You were born in South Australia? Yeah, I was born yeah, in South Australia. Yeah, right. I saw one thing that said originally from South Sudan. I didn't know if that meant you were born there or not. And then your family, obviously, yeah. from South Sudan, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, right. When did they get here? Yeah. Mum and dad came to Australia in 98. They actually came through um, Perth but didn't stay for very long and then, yeah, settled in Adelaide and um, grew up there my whole life until until I got drafted. So yeah, yeah, yeah right. So full circle, you ended up back in WA. So um, mm. is it just you and your brother? Uh, yeah, me and my brother. We've got a got a half brother, same dad, different mum. Yeah, right. As well. Uh, so there's three of us. But um, yeah, um, haven't spoken too much to my half brother, but right. like I speak to him every once in a while. Uh, I haven't seen him for a while, so. Um, yeah, I still talk to him every now and again, which is good. Yeah, yeah, sweet. Yeah, I got a similar situation with his sister. Um, now, mm. my dad was the son of immigrant family, and he grew up playing footy, never at a high level or anything yeah. like that. And it always baffled me because I used to ask because he was at all my games all the time, and I always asked him if his parents went and watched, and he said, "No, nah, no chance." They were from Italy, like they had no clue what football was, and they were busy working, whatever. Mm. Did your family have any? Were they into footy, or like did your parents adopt footy before you guys started playing it, or mm. have any idea nah, what it was? Pretty. Pretty same, uh, pretty similar situation. Um, yeah, obviously, in a way, a bit of a foreign sport to them. Um, so they didn't watch too much footy at all, really, until um, we started playing. But, um, yeah, we were the same. Mum, mum never really came to our games when we were younger, not just because she didn't want to, but she was always always just doing stuff, I guess, to help us and whatever it was. And, um, yeah, so, um, yeah, they. Uh, I think mum's sort of still has has no not not no idea but like she's still learning um which is which is good she loves watching it though yeah so that's my next question have they like you had to explain obviously the rules and stuff the last few years i imagine and um, yeah yeah um sorry no here you go here you go have they grasped it yeah she's yeah she gets it she understands it a fair bit um she, i think the only thing she doesn't get is the um, interchange, which is pretty funny to me. She's always wondering, oh, well, from what I've heard, she's always wondering why I'm off. And yeah, right. <laughs> all that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, so clearly you can't really run out of a uh, 120-minute game or footy. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, yeah, of course. I imagine she's probably like my mum. My mum used to just go to my games and just watch me. She had no idea what was going on the rest yeah. of the game, just her eyes on me the yeah. whole time. And unfortunately, I was on the exactly. bench. I was on the bench a lot, so. Really <laughs> uh, was it always yeah. footy? Was it always footy growing up for you and your brother? Any other sports? Yeah, um, a lot, a lot of footy. Um, mainly uh, all the other sports like soccer and basketball was more just for fun. Never, never really took it um, really seriously. But yeah, we, we always picked up footy and um, picked it up from an early age, from about six or seven, um, and then. 
started playing when we were about nine or ten. So, um, yeah, ever since then, we sort of haven't really looked back or looked at any other sports. Yeah, right. So, you guys are twins, but you're not identical twins, are you? Nah, not, not identical. Yeah, no. Nah. Now, growing up, were you guys similar sizes and things? Were we always pretty competitive against each other, or did one sort of outgrow the other for a little bit or anything? Um, Marty always, he was always the bigger one. I was, I was so small. My dad, my dad's really short, so I, I didn't think I'd ever grow. Whereas now, it's changed a fair bit. I think my brother's 178 centimeters, and I'm like uh, 183. Yeah, yeah, I did my growing late. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he he used to always have the one up on me. He was always stronger and bigger. So yeah, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what it's like now. Yeah, did you always find that you sort of? Like you, got, you were good at most sports because you've always got some. I've always like I've got a brother; he's a few years younger. So once we got to a certain age, you could sort of competitively play against each other. But having someone from day one who's like you know a mirror, not identical mirror image, but you know your age and everything like that, you've always got someone to practice against. Did you guys always just playing everything in the backyard? I imagine like super close. Yeah, a hundred percent. Always, always competitive um, as twins um, growing up as well. So yeah, I guess you always had the little competitiveness in. Um, inside us and um, I'm sure it probably hasn't changed too much but yeah. Um, yeah it was always always a little competition and even little things like playing in games together if we were both playing forward see who could kick the most goals and just yeah. little things like that So you guys grew up playing uh, together all, th- all three years up into 18s because you guys have um, I know the Victoria they've got the TAC Cup you guys have just got 18s don't you, you got the Sandford 18s Yeah yep. you, you guys came, um, came through that so, together yeah, came through <clears throat> through that together. Uh, I think it was probably around 18 or maybe even 16. Um, he started playing state team um, and all that. So, like, there was a few times where we weren't together, but for a majority of our, uh, like, teenage years, um, he, he played. Um, we played together, but yeah, as he got old, or as we got older, uh, he started making state teams and had to play state over school and little things like that, and yeah. so I didn't play with him too much. Yeah, yeah, right. That would have been awesome. You guys ever had any um, win any leagues or win any cups or anything like that? Um, playing together. Yeah, um, in in our second year at um, one of our clubs, we we won a grand final, and then I think two years after that, won a second one, um, and then uh, in like just like uh, amateur, like juniors, um, and then at SAFL, I think he played in one uh, in his. Bottom age 18 year, and uh, they lost, and then won the next year. And then the year after that, I played in the 18 grand final for, in SANFL and, and won that. So, played in a few grannies, I think, like four and won three or something like that. Shit, that's not a bad turnout, eh? Oh, well. Yeah. It's going to level out, mate. You got drafted a free man or so. You don't know when that's going to be now. Nah, just joking. Just joking. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, so your brother got drafted the year before you? Have I got that right? Yep. Yeah, right. Yep. He's rookie listed, yeah? Mm-hmm. Were you getting looked at at all, that draft? Any word? No, not that year. Not that year. Um, when when I was 18, I, I didn't play too many SANFL games. I was still pretty small and uh, probably, honestly, like, and a lot of lack of self-confidence, I think. Um, yeah. But also, we had to play school footy yeah. over, because we went to private school, we had to play school footy over SANFL in our 18th year, yeah. um, which is a bit frustrating. So I only got to play like three games of SANFL 18th. Um, and then, yeah, I guess I, I, I knew it wasn't really realistic um, that year. So uh, I took it I took it pretty well, him getting drafted, and that was probably motive, 
motivating factor for me. Yeah, right. You say your self-confidence is down. What, what, what was that due to? Just size-wise or just what was uh, it? Form? Yeah, I think so. Size-wise. Yeah. Size um, I was always um, smaller than Marty. Um, so, and I thought that was something that um, like affected the, not the way I played, but just um, whether teams would look at me or not and all that kind of thing. Um, yeah, right. yeah, so, I, 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 yeah, I never played any state games. Or state, I never made any state teams or anything like that. And I, I feel like from back then it was probably because I was so small. Yeah, right. Um, so, yeah. Did you kind of feel like Marty's brother for a little bit? Is that what it kind of felt like sort yeah. of thing? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I get that. Oh, my brother was my brother for a while, then he got better at everything than me, then I became his brother. So everyone knows, knew me as yeah. that, so I know what you mean. Um, yeah. Right, and then obviously the State 18s game, uh, sorry, the SA NFL State 18 games, you got best on ground. You had, what's the medal called? I'm not sure what it's called, but I saw that you won best on um, ground. That... Yeah, the under 18s. Yeah, uh, Alan Short medal, I think it is. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, won, won that, I think. Um, Should probably know the Lockie name. Jones. <laughs> yeah, Lockie Jones from Port Adelaide played in that team, and I think he he probably should have won it. But um, yeah, I was I was just happy to get the win uh, that day because I remember the year before the boys won the granny, and I I didn't play. And from that day onwards, I just said to myself that I want to play um, in the granny in the 18s team next year, and yeah, did it. So Beautiful. That was pretty awesome, special special day. Yeah, now now that obviously led into the draft then and you went at sixty one or something like that? Sixty Yeah, sixty one. Was there much um were you getting spoken to a bit before that uh grand final or was that sort of like a big turning point for you, do you think? Probably the turning point for me to be honest. Um, I reckon the lead up to that grand final I probably only played another like maybe three or four good games. Yeah. Um and I think it was the day after uh, a couple of days after I spoke to or Hawthorne contacted me um, but yeah I spoke to four four clubs I think it was but yeah from the grand final onwards um, that's when clubs started approaching so yeah um, it was sort of a surreal thing to me I think like I'd, I didn't go uh, or into that or off season or whatever expecting to uh, be spoken to by footy clubs but yeah um, it was, I guess a pretty cool experience yeah, awesome. And then, so obviously, sixty-one. You were you expecting to be? To, was your goal? Oh, sorry, was your expectation that you were going to play in your first year? And was it sort of your goal to play in that first year? Was it kind of more like what? What did you think leading into that first year that you were going to play? Um, well, um, I didn't even think I was going to get drafted, to be honest. Yeah. But, um, obviously, coming into the club, um, a lot of people say once you walk in the door, it doesn't matter what pick you are. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, and we and in my first year we had that big lockdown, so we didn't even train for about three months as a group. Um, so that was pretty interesting. Like first few months at the club, and then into a lock into a big lockdown, and didn't see anyone for for weeks and weeks. But um, I would have been just happy to play one game. Um, yeah, I think when I come into the club, I didn't think um, I'd even crack into the team at all. And um, I had an okay preseason and uh, sort of cracked into the into one of the trial games I think against Carlton, uh, but I only played a half and then yeah I I didn't think it, obviously it's not easy so I didn't have any expectations of playing much much in the AFL squad um, for the season. Well, you sort of mentioned I was going to get into that. So you got drafted obviously just before that COVID year. So you've walked into the AFL and it's just been like. What is it? like obviously the testing and everything like that? Did you just sort of think to yourself, what have I got myself into? What was that kind of like? Just dealing with all that, fresh um, face in the club. 
Uh, I think I think I handled it pretty good. Um, only only because my brother sort of sp- uh, talked me through it yeah. um, through the whole experience in your first year, and um, he was he was still living at Mum's house um, in his first year. So like I'd see how tired he'd come home, and like he'd yeah, just right. sleep straight away, and like uh, after long long days, and um, could clearly see that it was a bit of a grind. So it's sort of a bit daunting going in there, knowing sort of uh, having an idea of what to expect. Um, but yeah, of course, yeah, it was hard and, um, it was sort of just like, oh, how do you just do this for like 10 years or 12 <laughs> yeah. years or Dave, Dave, Dave Mundy 19 season. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess I was sort of come in with, um, just wide eyes and just took it in, I guess, really well, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then you obviously worked your way into the squad now that year for round seven, was that your de- derby debut? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I'm sure you imagine being a derby day, but you're going to run in front of packed pack stadium, off the stadium. So you ran out to – was there any fans at that point? No, there wasn't, was it? No, I think it was the first game with fans that, that season. Right. So, um, so there was about what – would have been minimal though, hey? Like 15. I think, yeah, yeah. Like, I think it was like 30. Yeah. It was like half capacity or something like that. Oh, so, 30, 30's not um, great. Yeah, it's not too bad, I guess, uh, for a derby. But, um, yeah, I was – Oh, it was a crazy week, and um, I remember when I first moved over here, um, I lived with a host family for a couple of years, and in my first year or first few weeks living with them, I told them that I'd love to debut in a derby. Yeah, and yeah, um, yeah it happened, and um, it was yeah, unbelievable um, when, well, just the whole experience. So it's something you never forget, really. And you joined that elite, illustrious club of a goal on debut, yeah? How was that? Yeah. Yeah, that was... Um, Pretty sick. I think going into the game, I'm sure a lot of forwards uh, as first gamers would just think to themselves they they just want to kick a goal in their first game, and um, I, I had that going through my head. And I think it happened in the at the start of the second quarter, um, and yeah, um, was was pretty stoked with that, and sort of got up and about and got uh, head pats and all the boys getting around you, which was awesome. Yeah, was it was a bit of a settler? Was it like, all right, I've done it now, we move on? You sort of got it out of the way. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Didn't think too much of the game after that. I think. So. Yeah, yeah, sweet. Now this year, you guys, I'd say, as not a non-Frio fan, that you guys are probably overachieved inside the walls and like in your mind. Do you guys think you have kind of overachieved this year? Or were, you, were you expecting this kind of success as being as high as what you are at the moment? Um, I don't think it's that we weren't expecting it, but I think we sort of knew um, we were in a good place at the end of last season and um, having the players we have and um, everyone being fit and new fitness program in the off season, we knew that that would hold us in good stead for the first few games, uh, see how we go and uh, I think after those first few games and even those uh, the game against Geelong, I think after that um, we had a lot of confidence in ourselves that uh, we could we can keep, I guess, winning big games and winning important games and um, yeah, set, ourself, set ourselves up for the second half of the season. I think we've done that pretty well. Yeah, because you've all but locked in finals. I think mathematically it's possible to drop out, but I'm pretty sure you guys have got that locked in. So <clears throat> making finals obviously is a tick. Now, are you a – do you set goals personally? Are you like someone that sets your own – I know the club provides KPIs and things like that, but are you like someone that set your goals? And if you are, you don't have to tell me what they were or anything, but have you sort of achieved where – Goals you sort of set for yourself at the start of this year? Are you where you want to see yourself? Uh, sorry, where you were hoping to see yourself at this stage? Um, I, 
I don't really, I, don't, I set like little goals, I guess. Uh, more just like, um, like one, one was just to play as many games as I could this season or more than 10 games because I think my first year I played 10 games and that was the most I played. And then last year got injured and played seven, I think. So, um, how many have you had this yeah, year? How many have you played this year? Sorry, I think seventeen or eighteen. All oh, right, so you've had a great run. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, um, yeah, and just sort of get through preseason injury free. But uh, no, no, no expectation. Uh, no, no goals really. Just more internally. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I've sort of, sort of, I guess in a way hit that, and uh, in some sort of way didn't think I'd be able to do it to be honest. But um, yeah. I guess, uh, I guess getting picked every week and um, having the coaches um, give you feedback and uh, give you little confidence boosters, I think, sets you up really well as well. So, or having a clear mindset going into the season as well. So, um, I think that's what set me up for, in a way, I guess, the season I've had so far. How much did that win against Melbourne over in Melbourne earlier in the year and your performance, especially in that last quarter, how much did that do for your confidence? Because you were on fire at the end of that game. That was great. I watched the highlights again of that the other day. That was great. Great win. Um, I think, yeah, I think just as a whole squad, um, it, boosted, it would have boosted our confidence um, a lot, um, knowing knowing we could match it, especially playing at the G. I think that's been our only game at the G this year. So um, when you're going into the game that, um, I guess... Yeah, we just had to get it done or match them, if not beat them, in the contest, and um, we did. And I think, yeah, a lot of boys would have would have would have had it gained a lot of confidence um, walking off the field after that. So yeah, no, it was awesome um, to be a part of. I um, still think it's crazy that we did it, but um, yeah, uh, it was an awesome experience. I think. Yeah, I think it was definitely a massive, massive step forward for your club and a turning point. Obviously, last weekend, it, it is hard to beat a team twice in a year. I mean, I'm a Carlton fan and we got done by Adelaide. You know, we did them earlier in the year, so it is sort of yeah. hard to do that. So that last game was on the back of a bit of a roller coaster month on it, like I said, and start on and off the field. We'll get to the off the field later, but on the field, I mean, you had that big win in Melbourne against St Kilda. Then there was that loss, I think it's a Sydney and then you got a draw, yeah. and then last week, what was that kind of like, sort of going from that high, of, you know, rolling that St Kilda, and then what do you think sort of happened that last three weeks that kind of hit that handbrake a little bit on the field? Uh, I'm honestly not even too sure. Um, yeah, we sort of we sort of discussed um, already on on Monday how we um, we sort of haven't been playing how we how we were at the first part of the season and. Um, we're a bit too, probably a bit too cautious and a bit playing a bit safe, um, and just not doing the basic fundamentals right or well enough, um, as well as we were doing at the start of the season. So we sort of cleared that up, and um, yeah, obviously it's not the best feeling. Um, yeah, I guess going from uh, winning against the Saints to losing against Sydney, and then um, the draw, and then the weekend that just went. Um, yeah. It's, I guess in a way, a bit of a roller coaster, um, and sort of obviously um, people probably think that we're not good enough, but um, we know we know our best is ahead of us as well. So um, it's sort of just blocking out that uh, external noise and just worrying about what we can control. Yeah, definitely, especially coming into the business end of the season. Now you mentioned that draw. I just want to bring up one that moment when Noah Bolter took too long to make that run up, and you were there did your eyes just light yeah. up did you just think is this really happening like is this guy really like going over the time here at what point did you like were you looking at the thinking how in 28 29 like i'm gonna go here yeah did your eyes um, just light up 
Well, I was watching him and the clock, and I was in a spot where I remember, I remember during the game, um, Sonny Walters was behind me, and he was sort of telling me to like get get in the D50, and I was sort of holding because I was like, well, what if he like takes too long, or if someone told him to take his 30 and he just takes too long because they do call play on. Yeah. And um, yeah, I was watching the clock, and it was about I reckon five seconds left, and he sort of like um, leant over and. Like wasn't looking up at the clock, so I, I think he um, wasn't aware like how how long was left on the on the shot clock. And then as soon as it hit zero, and he wasn't running in, the umpire called play on, and I was right in front hey, of him, right like, in, front of the, in front of the ump, yeah, and um, <laughs> just ran, ran as quick as I could at him. So, coach, must love that. That's the sort of stuff that coaches love, hey? Just being alert, being aware, and just going for it. That was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the coaches always talk about being on task. At, um, um, as as much as you can, and I think that was one of those moments. So, lesson learned. Anyone, any young ones listening out there, always be alert, huh? Now we brushed on. Yeah. I brushed on some off-field stuff. Now a few weeks, you were the centre of one of the most vile DMs I've ever seen shared, and I'd like to say that you know that's an isolated incident. But I'm obviously not ignorant to the world we live in, and I'm sure it's not. It's something like that. Is that yeah. something that? you've put up with a lot. Is that the first time or do you, is that something you've caught throughout your career so far? No, it's not something that's happened a lot. It's uh, the second time that that's ever happened um, through like a direct message. But um, even in junior years, just copping, um, copping on field actually, uh, which is a bit surprising um, as like young kids, but yeah. uh, you sort of have no idea. And then, yeah, as you get older and I guess a bit more educated, you sort of understand um, and like I guess it, uh, it's not it's, oh, it's not the greatest feeling um, reading. It was it was a funny feeling reading it um, uh, when I first did, and yeah, uh, it's yeah I guess something that you can't really explain yeah, to I'm, someone. But yeah, I imagine um, you reading it thinking like you'd have to sort of read a few times to really think, hang on. Yeah. Am, I, am I am I reading this? Like obviously I can't relate, but yeah. I, I just it's so vile and just so like what got me is like. You scream whatever at the footy and, you know, at the other team, the umpires or whatever, but, like, you generally, anyway, like, you cool down a little bit. It's just a game. You sort of move on. But, like, to seek out a DM, to go mm. through that extra sort of time and steps and just to keep going, I just thought. But yeah, one thing I wanted exactly. to, like, sort of thank you and sort of uh, praise you a little bit because for coming out and, like, showing the awareness and sharing that because I, I imagine we sort of umming and ahhing whether or not to share that. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, I spoke. I uh, spoke to Sonny Walters, and he 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 did the same thing because uh, we were talking about it throughout from whenever the game ended, and when we both got messages from the same guy. And um, oh, it was the same guy. Yeah, we're sort of. Yeah, we're sort of arming and ahhing, and um, we. I think I, I think it happened in my first year, and I, I screenshotted it and did the same thing. I just did it. Yep. Um, and yeah, so I waited obviously a few days and then did it, but. Uh, I hate, obviously, I'm not hate, but I'm not great. Um, or I don't like when people feel sorry for me. So in a way, I didn't really want to, didn't really want to do it and um, put it out there. But I think it's like, I think it was more just to show like it does happen and yeah, the awareness, yeah, um, yeah, and every everyone knows that there's 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 sort of always going to be bad people in the world no matter what. Um, so I guess, but the good thing is for one bad person, there's always way more. Yeah. Way more good. 
So, have you um, sort of has there been any not po- like has there been any positive since you shared it in terms of like the awareness and support and things like that? Do you think have you noticed that sort of people saying to you that you know thanking you and praising you for bringing it to their attention, sort of thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, me and Sonny both. Um, he he said he got a lot of a ton of messages of support and um, some of them when you read them you uh, get a little bit emotional uh, yeah. just knowing that people really do feel for you and um and all the thing that uh probably that i uh sort of get i guess in a way like a little bit saddened about is that like uh they'll sort of no one will really sort of know how you how how you feel when it happens yeah um but yeah like i said there's always there's always better people good people more than bad so um it was i think it's yeah unbelievable the amount of support we got and um, yeah, couldn't thank anyone enough, to be honest. Yeah, that's great. It's good to know the good outweighs the bad. There's always just that one sort of singular dickhead out there, so you're never going to stop that, unfortunately. Mm. Now, on the weekend, yeah. there was another incident in Adelaide in the Carlton game towards Adam Saad. I'm not going to repeat it because there's no need to repeat it. And there were some questions mm. from the Carlton Cheer Squad about how it was handled because the person was spoken to but not removed. And I don't know whether that's an AFL yeah. thing, an Adelaide Oval thing. Have you sort of been satisfied or had the AFL, how, sorry, how the AFL have handled sort of your situation, what's happened with you and the way they sort of do handle the racism and everything in general? Uh, yeah, well, they do as much as they can and they, and, and the club as well as the AFL try and support you. Like I, I had people um, from the AFLPA call me and um, talk about what they, what they could do. And um, yeah, cool. yeah it, was, it, was, it was stuff I didn't think uh, they could, but, uh, honestly, I was just like, um, yeah, I, me and Sonny both spoke about it and was just like, how about we, we, we just sort of post it and make it aware, make people aware um, and uh, sort of just, I guess in a way, kind of forget about it. Uh, whereas we could have uh, done other things, but yeah, we chose not to, I guess. Yeah, and like, probably per- like a long Personally, I'm glad they did because, I mean, like I said, I'm not ignorant to what exists out there, but I didn't think it was that was sort of still happening here or anything like that. So I'm sure I'm not the only one out there. So I just want to, again, thank you for raising that awareness and I'm hoping that something gets done about this guy. I don't know what the details are. Yeah. Um, now, yeah. I remember like, because obviously I think it was like late 90s sort of, there's a lot of South Sudanese immigrants coming over that sort of period. I remember mm-hmm. my dad sort of saying, you watch AFL is going to be really exciting in about 20 years. And it's kind of sort of happening. Like, you know, it's definitely happening. You got Chol, you got CJ, all these guys. playing. have you guys sort of formed like a brotherhood within the AFL? Do you guys sort of reach out within the community or things like that? Um, there's, in a way, there's sort of a brotherhood. Um, we, we've all got, we're in um, like a Snapchat and WhatsApp, like group chat, all those boys. So yeah, yeah, we cool. talk most days. Um, it's pretty good, but, um, it's sort of been a bit hard uh, to sort of get into the community and whatnot just with COVID in my first yeah, few years. Of course, yeah. um, especially here in Perth. Like, I think um, COVID spikes uh, with cases are happening again here and um, it's a bit hard to get out in the community and sort of um, talk and just, uh, yeah, sort of raise awareness to, um, yeah, like, I guess, in a way, racism and all that stuff. But um, uh, a lot of... I have a lot of young uh, South Sudanese or just African kids or just young kids, um, uh, especially after what happened a few weeks ago, um, uh, message me and tell me uh, that, um, yeah, they look up to me. And it's kind of, it's something that yeah, I awesome. find surreal because I was, I was one of them mm. um, only just a few years ago. And, um, 
yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's crazy to be honest to me. Um, and I guess in a way, uh, grateful that I guess I'm playing footy and can sort of be a role model of something I never ever thought I'd be doing to be honest. So. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome, man. That's, well, you're doing all the right things to become a role model. I mean, you're showing some great things on the field. You know, you're doing all the right things, man. So I think that's great that you got these people up for you, and they've got a great role model to be looking up to. Um, I've got a few fan questions that we'll get to, and then um, I'll let you get out of here, man, if you don't mind. All right. We're yeah, gonna, no worries. Uh, let's go. Uh, so growing up, who is your sporting hero, whether footy or outside of footy? Mine was um, footy. So Cyril Rioli, I absolutely loved Watching him when I was younger, um, yeah, he, he he was just someone I always watched. Or just any kind of any of the indigenous small forwards, I absolutely loved watching. So um, I, I still watch Cyril's highlights to this day and all that kind of thing. So yeah, I absolutely loved him. Uh, my co-host be spewing. He's not here. He's a big Hawthorne man. I reckon if his wife let him, he would have <laughs> called his first kid Cyril, mate. So he, he's on. He's with you on that for sure. Um, you into other sports outside of footy? You watch much other sports? Uh Basketball, a fair bit of basketball. Yeah, big um, yeah. So, who's your team? Probably about it, I think. And I, uh, the Bulls. I like uh, my favourite player is Demar Derozan. So I've, I've sort of just been following him around. I just think he's been traded. Yeah, yeah, so from um, Toronto. Yeah. yeah, nice. It's kind of hard with the American sports and having an affiliation with you. Kind of find and just find that player and just sort of follow them wherever they go. Home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you yeah. reckon? What sport, if outside of footy, would you reckon you could have a crack at best crack at? Oh, um, oh, probably rug, rug, rugby sevens. Yeah, right. Rugby sevens. <laughs> Get an Olympic gold medal, eh? Yeah. All right. Um, any hobbies outside of football? What do you do in your off time? Oh, to be honest, I don't do much. I don't um, study or anything like that. Uh, honestly, just play PlayStation on like days off, uh, yeah. or just. Uh, chill with one of one of the boys. Um, like I'll get brekkie in the morning and that kind of thing. But no, nah, not not too many hobbies to be honest. Just PlayStation. You call a duty man? Nah, two uh, K NBA. Two K, nice. A bit of yeah. a, a few of the boys get around the two K there. Imagine there'd be a bit of a hustle around the club between you guys. Yeah, competition. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Now I got some inside info that you're a bit of a movie buff. You get a favorite movie? Uh, probably Bad Boys. Oh, Bad Boys. All three or yeah, just the Bad first Boys one? Two. Two. Probably yeah. the second one. Yeah, yeah, yeah good the second call. one. Two. One of the rare good sequels, hey. Yeah. All right, I got a fan one here. Who's better out of you or Martin on or off the field? I don't know how you want to take that. <laughs> uh. Oh, you, you've got to you've got to say Marty, don't you? Yeah, take the modest route. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, post-game feed, what are you having after a game? Well, they normally um, give us uh, dinner after games, so like pasta. Uh, the other day we had um, enchiladas and pasta, so oh. that's pretty good. Yeah, not bad. Mm. All right, and what do you think it's going to be like on and off the field without having Dave Mundy around the club? Um, oh, so different. Um, he's an oh, amazing, amazing person. Um, just the way he sees the game and the way he gives you info and um, talks about certain things with footy. Like, he obviously, 19 seasons of experience, um, like, does that. But, yeah, it's, um, so some of the knowledge he has is, is unbelievable. And, um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be so different, um, I think. 
sort of not having a, a real like a big presence of a leader um, around, but um, yeah, it's just it's something you got to get used to. Nineteen. And I'm years. sure he'll, he'll, yeah, I'm sure he'll hang around um, the club a lot after. So. Yeah, yeah, he strikes me as the kind of guy that will probably be eventually be a coach or something to his team that way. Or have I read that wrong? Yeah, no, I, I think so. He, um, yeah, like I said, he, the way he sees the game and his knowledge is is, is unbelievable. Um, so yeah, that wouldn't surprise me if he if he becomes a coach of some sort. You reckon you can get to nineteen seasons? Oh, could have a crack. Can't <laughs> promise that, though. Can't hurt. Can't hurt trying. Hey, another. This is a personal yeah. question from me. Who's the most annoying player at the club, and why is it Trav Collier? Why is it Trav Collier? He almost <laughs> he almost broke he almost broke my ribs in my front lawn about fifteen years ago. So you can bring that up with him that there's still a bit bruised. He'll love that because I'm, <laughs> I'm a lot bigger than him as well, and he put me on my ass. So he, yeah. he lived off that for a while. Yeah. So I like to think I got that's why I can keep up with the bigger guys in the AFL because he practiced on me in the front lawn, mate. But who is the most annoying? Um, Who's been the most annoying to room with at the club? Most annoying to room with. Oh, I reckon probably Brandon Walker, my locker buddy. Oh yeah, just too much of him. Yeah, yeah. Go for a number change, maybe try and move your spot. <laughs> All right, one last question from Mace, big Frio fan. Is Flag Mantle real? Um. Well, I well it, everyone. Um, it's spoken about a lot, but I guess wait and see uh, what what um, what's down down the track in the next few games. Beautiful, mate. Well, good luck as a Carlton supporter. We're finally in the run this year, so I don't we don't wish you too much good luck. But all the best for the rest of the season, and you push into the finals, mate. Thanks for thanks for chatting with me. No worries. Thanks for having me. Thanks, buddy. Follow the boys on Instagram and Twitter at any given take. Free heat.